0: Hey everybody, Clint Fosley here, and welcome to the 19th edition of the Clint Fosley podcast series entitled "Making a Life-Altering Pivot with Medium and Medical Intuitive Greg Sheehy." Now, the spiritual side of me and the spiritual aspect of my life is something I've kept very, very close to my chest, and, and not many people know about that side of me until I guess you decide to do a podcast about it, right? But probably uh, from a decade ago, when I, you know, had some life-altering events happen to me or well, you know happen in my life, is. I started searching and started trying to figure out ways to sort of evolve and using sort of spread guides, mediums, intuitives, card readers, whatever it is, is something that has always fascinated me and something that I've always used. I've personally had a reading with Greg and found him, you know, really, really fascinating and spot on and he he has helped me sort of, you know, gain huge clarity on where I'm going at this sort of critical time. So we have a great chat with Greg and, and, and it's one of those once again, that goes all over the place and Greg you know, had you realised they had a gift from the age of eight, he had this sort of distinct memory of of having this uh, special gift that he has, and how and we talk on the journey how he sort of suppressed that through the years, and then you know forged a, a very successful academic and then corporate career, and eventually sort of coming to a head where he made a huge pivot. Hence, you know, the the, the sort of the name of the podcast. In terms of walking away from the corporate career, um, actually ended up in a divorce as well as his perspective and then went off on a journey of being a medium and medical intuitive to help people. Now, Greg's helped over 80,000 people um, to date, has read for 80,000 people. It's pretty amazing what he does when you do do a call. Um, for those who, who who sort of, I guess, more a bit more conventional in thinking, sit with us. Listen, you know, you know come into this podcast with an open mind. It's something I firmly believe in. And once again, thanks so much to Greg for his time. I really, really appreciate it. If you are struggling and you want some help, then please, you know, log on to clintforsity.com forward slash helpme. We've got three courses up there now and always happy to help. Thanks once again, enjoy, strap in. We'll see you on the other side, ciao. Everybody. welcome back to the Clint Fosley podcast and today we are talking with Greg Sheehy and the topic of today's podcast is making a life-altering pivot with medium and, med- and medical intuitive. Greg, welcome to the podcast.
1: Clint, lovely to be with you.
0: So just a quick background of how I met Greg was um, through Nikki who I've done a podcast with and also to have the Finding Your Why course. She invited Greg with a couple of her, her sort of clients to shed his light on, on his special gift. And I was blown away on that call. Uh, I then, I then actually had a, for myself personally, had a call with Greg from, you know, engaged him to sort of give me guidance in terms of my business and my life in terms of, you know, sort of, you know, listen, using his gift, um, to guide me. And, and actually was one of the, the key tipping points for me, rebranding my brand from brocode.life to Clint Fosley. So thank you very much for that, for all that work. (laughs) My pleasure, Clint. And, um, what really struck me with Greg was not only his gift, uh, which we'll get into later, which I find absolutely fascinating and, and and I'm really, really excited about this conversation, but also the fact that, um, you know, Greg followed the conventional way of, you know, very, very successful career in corporate life and then made a huge pivot towards, you know, being being a medium and helping people in the more sort of non, non-traditional non way, if I want to use, you know, lack of better terms. Um, and I just thought during this time with COVID going on and everyone I guess, staring in the mirror, um, it's a really, really would be amazing to have Greg on the podcast just to get his insight and his perspective on A, how he made the change and B, how his gift can help people. So that's a huge intro, but welcome again, Greg. Cheers. Thank you, Clay. So as we always do on the podcast, Greg, just early life, where you grew up, what are your interests as a kid? Um, if you can just pull back in terms of you know, framing
1: how you, how you started your journey. Sure. Um, look, we're going back a few years, of course, but, um, my conscious recollection, uh, was, uh, uh around the age of eight, I recall, uh, uh, I'm one of six children, Irish Catholic family. And, uh, I don't know whether you may remember this, but the Hills Hoist clothes line at the backyard. Yeah. 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 And, uh, we had those and, uh, the the traditional way of of living uh, in the 1960s. And anyway, what I recall at the age of eight, that's my conscious memory on this, was I remember my mother coming down the back stairs and she said to me, Gregory, who are you talking to? And I said, Mum, I said, I'm talking to my friends. Can't you see them? She said, no. Because at my age at that point, I thought it was a natural thing to converse with spirit. Yeah. That was how I how I was, um, and it was just a, a natural thing for me to see beings, if I can use that word, um, that that surrounded me, that that uh, communicated with me, that uh, that were beautiful. Uh, I I felt a beautiful love with them, and um, I had a, a great interest in nature, and uh, I used to just watch ants, I would watch butterflies, I watch bugs on the trees, and I felt how magical is this? You know, how magical is life around us? Even watching a plant growing and seeing a leaf come out of it. And so I I felt this spirit in nature as well, and this whole creation that we are part of is, is just a beautiful thing. So I had that as a core essence of my being when I was growing up as a young child. So yes, I mean, was that in Sydney as well, Greg? Because so I know you're based there now. Uh, no, I was in Brisbane. Okay. And uh, I, I did spend time in Sydney in my corporate years, uh, but I, I have done a lot of traveling, definitely. But mm. as a child, I, I did what normal boys did. I played football, soccer. I uh, built a cubby house, right? <laughs> and I enjoyed the the, the company of, of, of people and, and family. And um, uh, I my I'll share this with you clint and, and those listening. My mother was a keen astrologer, and i guess this is probably where this energy has participated itself into me and uh, you know she would talk to me about how the energy of of the planets would would affect our lives and you know i as a child i i I assumed that was correct I assumed that you know and it was, was one afternoon because I was always helping in the kitchen and I, I, I saw a crystal glass on a wooden table, just a, a normal crystal glass, and I was playing with it. And I put my finger on the top of the glass, which was inverted downwards, and the glass started moving. Yeah? I was just touching. It started moving. Yeah. And I asked and well, my mother saw me doing that, and she said, I, I, are you are you connecting again, Greg? That's what she called it, connecting. I said, yes, I am. And I said, mom, I said, tell me, we need to get some letters on the table. So immediately she made the alphabet of letters and cut them up in little pieces. And the, the glass went around these letters and numbers and we started getting messages, you know, so. It was, wow. And how, that was, and was that sort of eight, like at eight, nine, 10 age? Or? It was around eight, nine or 10 in that yep. time frame. I, I can't deliberately connect to a specific time. It was around that age. And uh, anyway, what happened after that, uh, from what I recall again, I uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I would start uh, saying to I said, "By the way, my father's going to get a flat tie, and he did, and we'd be watching television, I'd say, "Well, this sort of thing's going to happen, and it did and it was was every day, and like my, my parents, you know, if we look at their generation who grew up during the depression, my father went to war, it was that uh, type of uh, generation and um, you know uh, went to Morris Brothers my father's a choir boy all that sort of thing but anyway um, my, my parents said that look we're going to take you to a doctor to see if everything's all right because they didn't know this this was way outside yeah. their realm of um, understanding life and from what they knew as their own journey so my journey is completely different and my mother told me that she said, when she was carrying me, she said she knew I was different. Something within her or in her mind told me that I would be very different. So they took me to the GP and mum told him what was going on. He just looked at me and didn't say anything. I remember that he didn't say a thing. He just wrote out a referral to a child psychiatrist. So in those days, women didn't drive cars much. So I remember I was in a taxi we went to one side of the town to the other and the psychiatrist virtually told my mother that she was talking through a hat and that I was uh, a very uh, delusional young man, had a colourful imagination. And mum said, no, that's not him at all. And, uh, you know, he said, here's a chalk, draw this. And he said, I've got a very colourful uh, imagination. So my mother said, look, uh, what you're saying to me is not who my son is. And yeah. uh, he wrote out a script. I remember this. And uh, she went to the uh, pharmacy and remember the old dial phones, right? The pharmacist is on the dial phone, ran back, backwards and forwards. I remember that. I saw this bike. Looked like me now. Glasses down here. And he asked the doctor why he prescribed heroin. So uh, if we extrapolate that to modern times, uh, some doctors give their patients or children or teenagers Ritalin. Yep. So see the parallel. If they don't know, they drug you. At least some of them do. So my mother said, you're not putting that into my son. So my parents told me, look, I was gifted. Uh, I'm a very special person. They love me. I was blessed to have that. And they just told me to keep it secret, which I did. But that energy was always in me. So here's a, just, just
0: a, I guess a question from, from, from a, as a parent perspective, like a lot of mm. children have imaginary friends I'm not saying everyone has a gift similar to you. Like my, my baby who's now nine had this imaginary friend called Bottle for years and Bottle was always with us and emigrated with us. And mm. is it, is it, where's the, where's the shift between a child's imagination or always because children are so unhindered um, and they don't have this yeah. perception, you know, they're not, blocked by conformity
1: that they do see spirits. What's your perspective on that? Glenn, you're absolutely right. Uh, my understanding of this, and please, my friend, I don't know everything. Yeah. But I can only tell you what my experiences are, and we all have our own. But quite often children, as you said, are spiritually innocent, right? Uh, when we're born, we, we, we come into this world with what I believe to be a clean slate of innocence, a clean slate of understanding, a a clean slate of love. Uh, We have the innate abilities of our own morality. Uh, We know what is right and wrong. All those gifts are given to us and it's a beautiful creation. Uh, And I think from that, a a child's consciousness and the innocence of that consciousness does connect very easily. And children have a tendency to speak the truth Mm. as they know it. And, If we go back, if I may share this with you quickly to answer your question on another level, um, my understanding is that um, before we had religion, so if we go back past the 2,000 years, and even in, in, in current times after the last few centuries, if we look at any country anywhere in the world, Clint, all countries had tribes, doesn't matter where you went. Uh, the Australian Aborigine, the uh, Maori, the, uh, the Celts, uh, North and South American Indians. Uh, we had tribes in Europe, Africa, you name it. They're all there. And every country and every tribe had a shaman. Yeah. Um, and the shaman connected them to the spirit of nature. They connected them to the spirit of the universe. And if you look at every folklore, every religion, I spoke about the people who came down and walked among them with a promise to return again, everywhere. I've done a lot of research on it, and if you look at it, oh, the, they, the, uh, uh, the North Americans talk about the star people. The Aborigines talk about the star people as well, and they talk about those who came down. And uh, so there, there is a consciousness that is with us and has been for eons, that may not be of this earth nor time. And if we can connect to that, I think we're connecting to a, a beautiful place and our place in the universe, because we're all star children, all of us. We're all star seeds, and we all have our journey. So the concept of a
0: star seed, for those who don't know, I know we're getting probably ahead of ourselves here, but uh, from my understanding, a star seed is someone who's been here before but sent down for a greater purpose?
1: Correct. You're absolutely right. Um, I, I've, I went to some people uh, in my earlier teenage years who told me that I'm this and that and I had no concept what they're talking about. But what I understand now is that there, there are a number of people who are born of a higher consciousness. It's about consciousness, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it's about understanding life and being very understanding people. This is where I, I believe spirituality emanates from. Is our understanding of of love and life and balance and harmony in this world, and I think that all people and all religions strive towards that goal in its own in their own way, so starseeds seeds uh, have been here before I believe in reincarnation of the spirit. if you look at the, uh, the Indian religions and other religions, they believe in that as well, and uh, there's this uh, deja vu that people have or oh, haven't I seen you before somewhere you know and so we have that consciousness within ourselves. And just getting back to the child now, that the child does not have dogma, uh, you know, is not um, uh, conditioned by social um, uh, norms or, or attitudes or behavior or religion or or society's norms, because all these affect the original core issue of us. And we need to conform to society. And while we're doing that, we're sort of disconnecting ourselves from from that of the spirit of the land. One of the things I think uh, that tribes do have and is that they have their own path. They walk their path. Yeah. And uh, you know, they know what the balance is in their life and they know what the balance is in harmony. And I, I think that we have lost part of that because we're disconnected from, from nature a lot. We're disconnected from animals. We're disconnected from normal living. Uh, I'll share this with you again, if I may. Um, about 10 years ago, the uh, you know the program 60 Minutes, yeah? Yes. Uh, I think it was around that period of time, they went to Papua New Guinea, and uh, at that time, uh, a new tribe was discovered in wow. PNG, and they have never, ever seen white men before in their entire memory. So um, I actually got the footage of that, uh, and um, the, I think there were three journalists went there and, and someone else, and they'd lived amongst the tribe, I think for about two weeks. And uh, when the journalists came, they said that when they arrived in the helicopter, they thought that there was some sort of God coming down from the sky. <laughs> Had no idea of technology whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, when they took their, 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 their shirts off because of the heat, they thought they were taking off a layer of skins, so no concept whatsoever. But of the observations made, Clint, the uh, and living with the tribe, they said all that all the people in the tribe were, were of a happy disposition. All the children and all the adults had good teeth. There's no dentists. Yeah, they supported one another. They don't live in apartments. They're not apart. Mm. They uh, they were there for one another, and they had their own shaman who connected them to the spirit of of nature. And I think it's a word called onomatopoeia. You can Google it later, but that's what it means is connecting nature. And they, they, there was no stress. They had good food, clean water, lived together, long, happy lives. And um, I, I'm drawing an analogy with us because what they don't have was McDonald's, Mogadona home mortgages. <laughs> well, you know? it,
0: it's bizarre. I was actually, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I think it was probably Wednesday night after taking the kids surfing up in Noosa. And we were having this exact discussion about what's the meaning of life and what's the purpose and how we all connected, and Hmm. you know, we 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 even touched on aliens and all that kind of stuff. And you know, and you are saying, well, why do, you know, someone? His example was, you know, genocide in Rwanda. Well, why does that happen? You know, from a negative perspective. And and then we we got onto the wants and needs. And and my, you know, he said, well, what happens if someone goes to the toilet in a bucket? And I tell you what, I said, probably they're hundred times happier for us, right? Because they live so, you know, using Eckhart Tolle, they live so in the now and so present and they, they, they all, they'll be a hundred times more content than we possibly ever would be because they're not firstly comparing themselves to anyone else and their
1: expectation is just to, to be present and live that day. Look, there's a lot to be said for having a simple life. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for living in harmony and enjoying your journey. I mean, I was in a corporate area for over 20 years. So I had five engineers working for me, Clint they're all dead yeah all right um I remember one dying of a myocardial infarction on the on the bridge Uh, one guy had uh, cancer of the liver la 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 you go to five funerals and and you've got a 46 year old man in the grave and he sees wife and three teenage children looking down on him and you wonder why you know the the pressure of, of life and living sometimes puts too much stress on people in my opinion uh, yes, we can have the, the the car, the homes, the fancy uniforms, shoes, care, whatever you want to call about it. But at the end of the day, I think uh, we we need to look at what is real in this life, and that's to have a, a, a good positive attitude, good food, harmony in our life, harmony in our relationships, and, and a comfortable life. Bottom line, yeah, you know. So let's. And you let's, can't buy that. No. No, no,
0: no. I mean, look at Steve Jobs, right? I mean, had could had all the money in the world, but didn't have his health. So, <laughs> um, so let's pull back now. So you 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 say let's ten. The doctor wanted to put you on Ritalin slash yes. um, heroin at the time. You're, you're very fortunate, you know, for your parents to be understanding of your gift. How did you how did you control that through your teenage years, through coming through school? Like, I mean, that must have been a a, a bit of a challenge or did you, or, or do you have the capacity? Cause this is my ignorance, right? Just to just turn the, turn that switch off and not get the, the, the messages that you do.
1: Look, uh, uh, sometimes our childhood can be a, a very beautiful experience. And for some people it can be harrowing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't fit in. Um, I was laughed at. I was called all sorts of strange names. Sometimes the schoolyard yeah, can be the worst place in the world. Brutal. That's that's another definition, definitely. But mm. uh, I didn't fit in, Clint. I I was a different person, but I was my own person as well, and I knew that I was different. Um, and I, I look, I, I played the, the sports like other people play, but I I, I felt more exposed for who I am when I was in high school and going through the teenage years of, um, you know, uh, my parents said, don't you have any friends? I said, look, I have friends, but I don't like what they're getting up to. So I'd rather be on my own. I, um, I, I took up uh, sport, I took up fencing, you know? Yep. Which I believe, I believe is a beautiful art of, of sword play. I was uh, captain of my chess team uh, I did play some football, but I didn't get up to what I call the shenanigans of people because I felt it was very low level and I, I, I was very stu- uh, studious. So, uh, yeah, I was. Um, ostracism can hurt, but at the same time I knew within myself that I, I, was, I was just being true to myself and this is my path. I, I yeah. felt that there was something driving me in my path and... Um, you know, I didn't go to parties. I, I didn't like what was going on, so I just kept uh, very hermetic in my teenage years. And um, then I went to university and um, took on a, on another path. But I mean, that's that's rare from a teenage. Because if I flash
0: back to my teenage years, I've got teenage daughters, right? That yeah, peer yeah. pressure thing of of you know, and I, and I try hammer my kids on peer pressure, but but it's very rare for you to actually step back, whereas most most teenagers just kind of, you know, be the, be the salmon, right? They go with everyone, um, r- rather than step away.
1: Look, um, uh, when you're, uh, I mean, I remember when I was 18, I was 19, 20 in that time frame. Oh, why doesn't Greg have a girlfriend? Um, why doesn't he go out? Why doesn't he do this? Because Greg didn't want to, <laughs> it wasn't in my agenda. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I, I was I was more concerned about uh, I was I was reading about life politics I was looking at um, I was studying biology I was studying zoology I was looking at the evolution of humanity of humanity I was reading these things and uh, I, you may not recall this Clint but there was an encyclopedia called the Britannica the um, blue book of course yes yeah, we had the B and the D so I know everything about oh, those two letters yeah yes. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, in those days we didn't. Well, the, there was no computers, and uh, if you had an encyclopedia at home, you're, you're pretty doing pretty good, you know. Yeah, my, so, as I said, my I, folks bought two letters, so I knew everything B and D. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that are my interest anyway. But um, and and what did you uh, end up studying, Greg? And where, where was that in Brisbane still? That was in Brisbane. Um, look, at, at that time, um, my. Just being truthful, my family is steeped in in lawyers. My great uncle is Sir Justice She of Australia. Um, and my, my sister's got a law firm we've got other things la la la. Yep. So I had an interest in law as well, but i I, I, I felt I, I wanted to do something more crowded, but at the same time, I was pushed probably by my headmaster to do that or medical. Uh, so I thought, no, I, I try. I wanted to do something different. And at that time, uh, during the uh, about nineteen seventy, I think it was, uh, we had a uh, government change. We had uh, the Vietnam War. You know, we had that uh, the the sixties, early seventies, went through tumult uh, in a social norm. We had the you under know, the assassinations going on: JFK, Martin Luther King, and I was looking at social change, I was reading all about it, and I was, I was quite enthralled by what was happening in our society and, you know, how religion was being affected, how there was censorship, LSD. We had Jimi Hendrix. We had all sorts of things, you know? So all these things came out, and, and men wearing long hair, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right? So um, I, I was looking at what was affecting that, and, and I, I felt that there was a guiding hand on, along the world in the world that was guiding us to... Get out of this um, adolescence that we we're in for quite a while, and uh, and for people to become more of themselves. And I, I felt this change coming, and uh, this is what they call the age of Aquarius, you know. And mm. uh, uh, we had the the, the play like hair, and uh, I remember that things like that. So I was looking at that social change, and I was writing a lot. But uh, in terms of what I was studying, I was studying a, a number of things. Um, my my main core business uh, was my core subject were around um, business and marketing, and because I had the business side of me, and yep. then I did a, a a double major in psychology. Um, I went on and I did my postgraduate work in in marketing again, and then I did uh, uh, I, I did my masters in. Um, How society affects uh, human life. I I forget the thesis I wrote, but um, this is going back a while now. But anyway, I I wrote about that and uh, and how people are affected by society, and it's a two-way thing. You know, uh, films are created by society, and society creates what we see in the film, and and it's all about how it affects family, how it affects communication, how technology is affected. I remember in 1975, I I wrote a, a doco on um, how we're going to be in the year 2000, next 25 years. And I spoke about technology then and how it's going to encapsulate our lives. And the main thing that I think that will be under threat and I feel I'm right is how we communicate one-on-one now.
0: Yeah. 75 yeah. is a great year.
1: It's year I was born, by the way. <laughs> I, I know that, mate. Great I, vintage. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I spent eight years at uni and uh, I've, I've done um, other Studies after that as well yep. I'd, I'd, I'd studied genetics physiology and uh, anything to do with the body and uh, and, and how, how the body works and I 've come to realize that the body's not limited to, to the skin there's a lot of us and our energy that surrounds the body and how we impact them on one another subconsciously so that that's that's um, that was would, that would are my interest actually
0: so eight years of study it's a long time obviously where were your ambitions in those days? You know, I know you said that the pressures of the family to to go down the law firm path. Yeah, you obviously still had your gift, and was it was that once again suppressed, or was it? You know, I'm going to take over corporate world and and be successful at at what I want to do. Or where were you? Were you wrestling at that
1: time, or or was it just kind of? Uh, well, I had a lot of temporal activity in my head. So in other words, I was driven. If I can use the phrase paper chase, I need to get that degree. I need to get that. And, and it's yep. a normal drive in people, you know, to mm-hmm. don't study, So that was occupying my mind. But I always had the interest in, uh, if I can use the word esoteric, or, or spirituality of humanity. Um, note, I don't go around hugging trees. I don't sing kumbaya, okay? I just want to make that short right now. But um, I had an interest in it, uh, particularly the more I've evolved with um, – with the evolution of humanity, that's that's what I was looking at uh, from our uh, our ancestry or pre ancestry the history, and the history we're not taught, and, and all that came to the fore. I, I mean, if we look again at my time frame as a child or as a teenager going through the social change, uh, we had very, very significant movies that, are, that I felt are still very important today. Uh, you may recall a movie called 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yes. And that was about the monolith and it was about the apes. And then that it changed their DNA. And then next thing we are, we're in outer space and then we're finding the star child. And I thought that was everything that I was searching for was pictorially put in front of me. And, uh, you know, and a lot of that I feel that there is a, a, a greater truth in that. And then we had other movies to do with... Um, extraterrestrials, aliens. And then we had, um, other movies coming out from that. And then we had star Wars, which to me is like cowboys and Indians, but, um, a lot of that is conditioning us again to accept that there's other life forms. Yep. And I think, um, now the, um, um, uh, astrophysicists are understanding that there is life out there and, um, there's another aspect of life being with us all the time. So that's another issue. But, um, I, I've always had an interest in that area. So from your,
0: so, so when you, were, I mean, from my understanding, you went into telecommunicate or you ended up in telecommunications from a yep. corporate career, yep. um, very successful by all accounts yep. running a big team. And, and this is obviously where the pivot happened, right? Yes, uh, where, it did. Where, where, where you got to a phase in your life, uh, from understanding married kids, and then something happened. Um, you decided to make a change. You just wanna, if you can, just reflect back on that and, and, and sure. if there was this, this, this pivoting moment where you knew it was time
1: to change. Look, I, I think that change was growing in me for probably one or two years. Um, um, I was uh, running a, a, a business. Um, the turnover was 126 million. I had three call centers, I had, um, I had uh, 28 BDMs, I had five engineers and I had two uh, PAs. That was my, my empire. And uh, I had, uh, I remember my desk and my whiteboard, I had a bed in the office, I had everything going, I had a company car, business class, two mobile phones strapped to my head. Yeah. My day started at seven and finished at seven, back to back. I was uh, I was uh, meeting with unions. I was meeting with the, the media. I was meeting with every other person on the sun. I was doing account management training. We introduced new technology to the franchise industry. If you look at the membranes on the screens now, you know they touch things. We introduced that. We also introduced uh, uh, account management training that uh, raised the, the professionalism. So uh, I, was, I was a busy boy, but at the same time, unfortunately, I, I was I was married, and I. I it was no one's fault uh, things are meant to happen in life I was uh, this is how I believe it was orchestrated and you know the the person I married uh, was not suitable to me and I wasn't suitable to her and then these things happen it's no yep. one's fault right yep. but I married into a family which to me was um, uh, how can I say this with respect uh, was was not on my page I wasn't on theirs and a socio-economic mix match, Okay. So there's a lot of learning from that, but um, out of that there was, it was a, a loveless situation and I um, don't want to go too deep into it, but I, I felt extremely alone um, and uh, a lot of demands were made on me which were unrealistic as well and um, um, the blessing out of that was that uh, we had two beautiful sons and, um, and they're very close to me and always have a father. I've, I've, I've been there for them all the time. So yep. I'm very proud of them now, actually. So, brilliant. But that that pivotal point came on around that time as well. There, there was no communication. There was very very little um, closeness in the marriage, and it was uh, eating me up inside. I I I I can't live like that. I, I'm very tactile. I'm very uh, open, and uh, it just wasn't to be. So adding that to the pressures of my work, I felt that something had to give and I felt something in my body or my spirit was telling me to get the heck out of where I am. And that was on all levels. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those darkest times of your life that you feel you need to walk down, but it's a very lonely one. And, and as I've, I feel here, a lot of men will understand that. Uh, it doesn't matter what occupation we have or what we do, there's a knowing. And it's a strange thing. When we fall in love, we, we, we don't, we, we just go with it. But when we fall out of love, we know it. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: uh, it hurts like nothing else, man. Like I,
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, and I always lament the time that I, I told, I said, I can't do this anymore. I was, I was being physically sick when I got home. I, I all sorts of things are happening. So, but, uh, I remember going to my doctor and I said, I, I, what, what, what do I do? And I said, the main thing I was worried about was my children. And his words to me were almost exact. I recall, if you want your children to have a father, get out of where you are now. Wow. Otherwise they won't have one. Wow. So at that time left corporate, got divorced. I'm assuming all at this, all at the, both at the same time. <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> like if you're going to do it, you'd might as well do it all. <laughs> and uh, so everything hit me, mate. And, uh, yep. you know, I, um, uh, because uh, the doctor, I was 27 and I was uh, rushed to hospital, suspected heart attack. I had all sorts of diseases. Probably my parents were worried about me because my happy, their happy son was not happy anymore. And everyone's telling me the same story. So uh, I'm a very traditional male. I believe in family, I believe in love, I believe in all those things, but if it's not going to happen it doesn't matter what you do sometimes you you've just got to realize you've just got to move on and have the wisdom to do it, yeah and the courage to make it happen and but I love my children and always will and um, but it's one of those things that you it, it really gets to you in inside your your soul and your heart and you think to yourself, well, am I going to survive this my doctor said. I'll be dead in six months. What do you do? It got to that point And um, I was just being sick every night. So I just said, I, I can't do this anymore. So um, I went through a divorce, which I, I don't want to uh, go through ever again. Yep. And uh, uh, not being prejudiced in any way. And this is without prejudice. But I feel in terms of men, uh, we've got the right to remain silent. <laughs> And uh, someone said, "How would you describe it?" I said, "It's like having my testicles ripped through my wallet."
0: Pretty much, right?
1: (laughs) If you don't mind me saying that, but uh, on a financial level, I mean, um, she's okay. I, uh, I walked away, and I started my life afresh from that. And but I started as a new person, and I was being reborn. If I can say that to you, so that's that's a key point you
0: saying that about being reborn. I mean, when, when I, you know, all the work I try to do with help guys is the backstory of how it happens. Not important. It's about rebuilding you and making you the 2.0 version. Yeah. If, I mean, it's easier said than done now that we threw it. Right. But when you are in the, the, the pit of it, it's, it's a tricky pull to swallow. Right. But can you think back to besides walking away from the stress and the pressure of the corporate and, and, and that feeling of not being loved, what are the key things that you did for yourself that helped you, you know, steady Greg's ship to get going on this new path and this new version of
1: you? Look, I, look when this happened to me, um, I had nowhere to go. I was very, very, um, disheveled. I, I told my parents and they said, look, we're where going to live. What are you going to do? I said, I don't know. And my mother said, look, come with us. We've got a big home. Stay with us. I so I did. I, I needed someone around me. I, and, um, and they understood me, excuse me. So um, when I'm going from activity as intense as what they were to walking out or something and then have what I was born with come out of me at the same time, there's no frame of reference anywhere. You, you cannot go to your GP who's interested in writing out some um, sleeping tablets uh, you can't go to anybody else, so I had to have that journey in my own. But I had the understanding of of close friends. Now the family, my family, had an expectation of me to be the corporate icon, and when I did what I did, they uh, I, I had to accept that rejection from them as well. So I got it on all levels, and so, but it was meant to be. And I think that if people understand that life has got what it is programmed to for you to have that journey, you will have that journey. Yeah and to have the strength to have it. Now, What I found was that uh, I I journeyed that much on my own. And uh, my mother knew some people and she said, look, there's a a group, uh, they're a spiritual group. Uh, And I want to say this, Glenn. at that time, my mind was as far away from spirituality as um, Pluto was from the sun, right? It was in me to do it, but I had no concept of what it meant because I was going through all this tumult and um, divorce and children and child support and uh, people's uh, gossip and everything else. And uh, for some reason, I became an agor even though I've done nothing wrong. Yeah. And you know, you just got to wear that. So uh, what happened was I joined a spiritual group and I I turned up there in a suit. (laughs) Right? <laughs> As you do. As I do. <laughs> and I had I, I remember I had a mobile phone on my belt. I had, uh, had my car parked out. I, I had no idea what to expect. And I had this lady come out in a purple gown, <laughs> big earrings. Yeah. And she said, how you going, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, okay. And I saw these other women dressed the same. And I thought, what's going on here, mate? You know? Anyway, I, I just sat down. They said, take your tie off. And I said, all right, make yourself at home, have a cup of tea. And I went through what we call the meditation now. And something hit me. And, uh, and then they said, uh, they mentioned about healing. And I said, what's that? You know, and they said, um, have you felt about any, any energy in your hands? I said, I have. And, they said, and from the first night onwards, something clicked within me. Yeah. So- and it opened me up. So I think you I
0: mean, which is humorous to me. So I mean I, I when we were chatting yesterday about my spiritual journey, right? It's something that I <laughs> never yeah. ever thought I would engage in. Um but, but that stereotypical median is some hippie person who's wearing tie-dye with dreadlocks in a banged out yeah. car. Yeah. Um it's it's weird how that's always the stigma that's associated with it. You know, you're whereas to me, you're completely different, right? You're a corporate guy in a suit who does keynotes, but it also has that gift. Is it, why do you think that it's always, I don't, I don't know, is it just a stigma or, or is it just those are the people that have got into their gift?
1: I, I feel a lot of it is um, people have a fear of change. They have a fear of newness. And yeah. if we don't sit inside the nine dots of um, conformity, uh, there's something strange and different about us. It's like, um, if you walk down the street and you started talking to people you didn't know about UFOs, they might think you're a bit of a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic.
0: Oh, I'm going down UFO research at the moment, man. Don't get me started.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, I've been doing it uh, for quite a few decades and believe me, there's more truth in it than what we're told. <laughs> I, 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 I'm putting it out there. I believe so as well. Yeah. So yeah. When, because in those days, uh, Clint, when people knew me, they knew me as, um, as the suit, the corporate guy, blah blah blah. Yeah. So, uh, and when I said I'm doing this now, it, it, there was a paradigm shift, paradigm shift, in the consciousness I couldn't understand, I couldn't relate to. My family couldn't relate to. It doesn't matter. I was living my truth, and I think that's important for people to understand that to live your truth. Yeah. yeah? So, so how? Just pulling back to people who don't mm-hmm. understand what
0: your gift is and what a medium is. What, what, do you just want to? You know, give a high level summary of, 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 you know, obviously you've always referred to, you know, spirits guiding you, what it actually means. And, and secondly, how, how after that did you hone your skills? Cause it's not something you got a uni for, right? It's something that you obviously you need to get better at it. Cause obviously just talking to you, I know you want to be the best at what you do, but how did you, what, what is it at a high level? And then how did you sort of refine your craft to be as good as you are?
1: I, I think, um, Look, I, I I am tenacious with what I do, number one, excuse me. <clears throat> um, and I'm very driven. And I, I believe that who I am is what I am, excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. Hmm. Um, I was born with this and it's like if uh, I, I wrote a paper, let me answer it this way, please. I wrote a paper, it's on my website. Have you ever wondered what career your child would embark upon? And it talks about people who are different. If we have a number of children in our lives, not all children are going to do the same thing, are they? No. Right? Some are born to be a tradesperson. Some are born to be uh, working in IT. Some are born to be a car mechanic. Other people are born to be a doctor. Whatever it is, we're all having our journey. So my journey is this. And the way I accentuate what I had was I just started doing things I started seeing things and my mother said why don't you start reading for people Greg you're doing it all the time and I thought here I'm going from a six-figure salary down to you know $20 or something and I, I thought to myself well I've got to start somewhere but I knew I was guided I knew I was guided and I knew this was happening and I started doing it, and I went to this meditation group and then they said, can you read this for me? Then I started getting this energy through my hands and I started understanding. I started feeling energy in the body. It's like I was serving an apprenticeship, yeah? Yeah. Like if you're going to med school, for instance, there's an analogy, parallel. Uh, a medical student might learn about the physiology of the body, the chemistry of the body, the blood circulation, the muscles, et etc. et cetera. So I was going through that apprenticeship in my own way in a spiritual sense, yeah? And the more I did, the more it came through. And the more that came through, the more that I could see, the more I could do, the more I could feel, and the more that I could um, add traction to people's lives. Um, I, as a psychic, I see things around people, yep. uh, names, um, as you would know. And uh, I've been on, um, I, 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 excuse me, I started working with groups of people. Then I went to a spiritual church and I did that for about four or five years. It's called platform work. It's when you're in front of a group of people and you're seeing things, people are crossed over. And it it just all came to me. It just, I I didn't have a course in this, right? It The more I did, the more it came to me because I knew that um, there was a very, very powerful energy guiding me. And I, I, enjoyed what I'd doing, right? I enjoyed what I was doing, I enjoyed what I was doing. The finances weren't there definitely, but I enjoyed what I was doing and I knew what I was on the right path and that's important. So uh, the more I did, more things happened. I started in, in doing this churches then I started reading from home. Then I, uh, uh, I, I read for a couple of people and one what happened to be a, a chiropractor and he uh, became a good friend of mine. Then he asked me to work in his surgeries. So I worked in two surgeries in, in Brisbane. And from there, I worked uh, at the Gold Coast. Uh, I worked 10 years in a, psych- in a psychologist company doing consulting team, consulting work. And then I, I read for a doctor. They asked me to work in their uh, medical center. I did that for two and a half years. And so I was working with people and uh, in my capacity. And I didn't see me as a fool whatsoever and we achieved so much. Yeah. And the more I, again, the more I did, the more it came through. So I'm, I'm getting to the point now that I, I want to uh, uh, get out there more. I, I'm, by the way, I was uh, invited to uh, uh, be of the resident psychic in the Insight magazine. I've appeared in Holistic Bliss magazine. I was on Radio 4BC, the Walter Williams Talkback program for over 12 months. Uh, I went to University of Queensland. Um, I was on stage there at the main hall when I was at the Insight Magazine, and the skeptics were invited. <laughs> well, that, we were that's a thousand people. So, and I remember, it. and uh, it was it was a great night, and um, a lot of people that thought differently, and uh, had a, I, I changed their opinion because there's more things. To quote Shakespeare, says, there's more things in this universal ratio that are born in your philosophy. So there's more things because people aren't told this. That's what it is. Yeah, uh, I think if we were educated to know that there are other energies around our bodies, that there are other things in the universe, there, there's more to life than what we are given, uh, I think it would be great. And one of the things, just talking on that, uh, I, I think – the um disparity amongst the gender is is huge and has been for a long time and One of the things that um, we 're not taught on any tier of education in my opinion is relationships mm. If you want to get a driver 's license you 've got to sit for an exam if you want to become a teacher you 've got to do this if you want to get a a, a degree in medical you 've got to do your degree or law degree whatever or a trade you need a qualification, but no one's teaching us and the most crucial central thing. That, in my opinion, is central to our creation on this planet in this lifetime. Yeah, we just learn it from our environment, right? So if we're in a toxic environment, that's right. uh, Then if you're born into it. But this is see, people got their own life's journeys. But uh, honing my skills is that, and um, I'm um, I want to help a lot more people now, and um, I want to give I want to give traction to people. And it, it, it just depends on, on, on their own journey and how they see it. Um, I think it's about honouring ourselves, who we are, and uh, maintaining our standards, whether they're conflicted or not, and looking at how we can be truthful to ourselves and, and live a good life. And I mean, yeah. that's essentially it. So how do you, I mean,
0: what's your stance in sceptics? Because, because yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you'd get, you know, get dealt with that a lot. Um, one of the funniest examples I've seen of a skeptic was Gwyneth Paltrow did a documentary series on Netflix, all about alternative healing. Yeah. One of her staff members was getting a read and you know, the, the, I think it was a lady was sort of, was, you know, giving her all this information. She goes, no, this woman doesn't get me. She's, this is BS. And all of a sudden there's pandemonium behind the camera. Um, mm. the person was reading the camera woman rather than the person she was, she picked up the wrong signal and yep. that person's mother had just died and then everyone broke down. It was this hugely emotional, good TV. Right. Um, but which kind of put this woman's skepticism to you know, to peace because you know, she was talking, you know, how do you deal with that? I mean, because, or do you, or yep. do you just say, well, you don't have to believe it and just walk away? What, what's your strategy?
1: Well, Again, everyone has their journey, and it's a question of consciousness and awareness. Um, as I indicated to you, the skeptics were invited to this show, yeah. um, and uh, they're no longer skeptical. One of the main people, um, I'll share this with you, was from McDonald's, <laughs> huh? the executive, and uh, they've actually written a testimonial saying that they were skeptic until they met me. I mean, Again, a lot of it is conditioning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is to say, well, that's all rubbish because, you know, you know, the, these uh, people go around hugging trees and they're, they're all a bunch of charlatans and, you know, you, you get this and they only tell you what you want to hear. I've, I've heard it all. But, look, may I say this? It's healthy to be sceptical. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sceptical of things because I would like to ponder on it before I make a decision. And I think that's an intelligent and mature yeah. thing to do. I think if if people say they're sceptical, I'd like them to apply that across the board. Yeah, right, and they don't in general terms. Well, uh, watch, I'm not an idiot, proper but media, but right?
0: I mean, if you want to talk about sceptics, everything we get fed in the media is BS as well, right?
1: So, well, I mean, this is where this is where it's uh, uh, it's hypocritical. But I, I think that people are raised that way, and again, because of our social institutions, uh, they were taught things and everything else. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give an an outside example here: uh, homosexuality. Right? Mm. Um, I think it's uh, marriage is made legal in certain countries now. If you go back twenty or thirty years, it wouldn't be heard of, would it? Now, if I was doing my work now 100 years ago or 200 years ago, I'd probably be burned at the stake as a heretic. So the good thing I'm saying about this is our social awareness and our consciousness of life and humanity is getting better. Yeah. All right? And there's a lot more to life than people are realizing. They don't want to know about it because either they're afraid of it, so they shun it, or, they, or they've been conditioned by whatever purpose or their upbringing to say, all oh, this is poo-hoo, it belongs next to, you know, Gulliver's Travels and The Wizard of Oz, and it doesn't. I mean, certainly you get shardens in this industry, without question. Well, you get them in every industry. <laughs> oh, you about to say that, mate. And, and you get them in uh, in politics, you get them in industry, and you get them in the church. Have a look what's going on. Yeah. Hello. Don't so, get me started there, man. Please. No, no, no. Sorry, mate. But, you know, <laughs> uh, look, it's like saying that um, someone says, do you believe in UFOs? Uh, I would rather say that I, I believe in extraterrestrial energies, right? Yeah. Because the UFO means it's identified. So it could be man made yet. So if, if we're open to consciousness and open to other things of life, I'm, I'm also a medical intuitive. Yeah. And I've, Fulfill that capacity working with doctors and psychologists. I, I've um, even um, a lady that you're aware of from the podcast, her dad worked on him. Yeah. So let's, let's just go,
0: go to the, the medical intuitive side. Cause you mentioned, you know, multiple places, GP practices that yeah. you worked with now. A very good friend of mine's a GP and he says, well, unless there's science, right. Then it's all BS. Um, but what's, how do you, work with the GP. Yeah, you know I mean and that's that and to me that's a very open minded GP to have you working with their you know, with their with mm. their patients. What, mm. what is a does an example of that mean? Like how, how you can, you know, with with the pharmaceutical GP prescription work in, in parallel with them?
1: Look, um, they they are open because they've seen me as because they're a client of mine as well. So they've seen me in another capacity, and then they said, "Do you do this? Can you do a healing on me?" Yes, I do. Mm. And then they said, "Can you do a healing on my family?" Yes, I did. And what I said, I diagnosed them correctly. Now I think I've got the runs on the board to prove it. Yeah. Now. Again, with all respect, and they know this, I mean, I've had a doctor ask me the other night, he said, um, he said uh, his sister, uh, she's in hospital, and I said, what's her name, what's her birthday? By the way, is she a lawyer? He said, yes, she is. Is she in South Africa? Yes, she is. And she got a, a, a problem in the aorta? Yes, she does, right? No, that took 10 seconds. <laughs> So it's what I see, it's called remote viewing. People may have that, they're using remote viewers in the military, by the way, have a look at it. Yeah. So I I see into the body and I'm, no one's perfect, but I do my best for people and I'm doing healing work every Saturday in a holistic health center here in Brisbane. And I've done it before and uh, I'm doing it over the phone because I tune in over the phone of the vibration of the human body. It's a consciousness. Now medical people are not taught it because they're not taught it. they think it's poo-hoo. Yeah. Right. And, and the reason being if they had that in medical school, they'd be more open to it. I've got a lot of doctors. You can look at my website who've got testimonials on my work. So he has, he
0: has a, a inquisitive question from me. How do you tune in and tune out? Because, if yeah. you if you have that gift, surely, I mean, once again, my layman, you know, uh, <laughs> sort of <laughs> interpretation. Yeah, you, you you'd right. walk down the street and then you'd, you'd hear everything, right? Um, how, how do you how do you how, how do you sort of manage that?
1: The way I I, I do it's like uh as I'm in talking mode with you now, Clint, and if you if someone was to say, oh, "Look, Greg, uh, can you tune into this?" Well, tuning is like changing a channel, yeah. So you're going from um, VHF to UHF. Let me give an example of this. Um, I don't know whether uh, you or the people out there would recall. There was a movie called Contact with Mm -hmm. Jody Foster. Yes, 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 yes. It's about, uh, you know, searching for extraterrestrial life. And uh, if you have a look at the movie, you'll understand what I'm saying. It was uh, they had what they call an oscilloscope. And they had this music, you know, and it became – Bigger and higher and more powerful. And the guy said, we're getting an image. All right? So what I do, I tune into the vibration of of people uh, and the vibration of their birth date because it's the magic in numbers. And if you look at Socrates, Pythagoras, they all agreed in the magic of numbers and the vibration of numbers, and it's called the golden number. And that would be your your Mm -hmm. birth date. Birth date. And does time come into, does time make it more precise for you in terms of when you were born? Uh, it does. But uh, what I do, I look at a number of things. I'll just get that to you in a minute. But when, when, when I'm doing that, I, I can tune in. Yeah. Uh, so tune into the vibration. And I, I believe they're all born to live a life, but I also see in the vibration of numbers, things that have happened from the parents or the grandparents that comes through. Now, I'm writing a book at the moment. It's called The Vibrational Consciousness of Healing. And an aspect of that is what I call the karmic progression of cellular memory. So in other words, uh, cellular memory comes from our parents or our grandparents. It comes through us, la, 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 and that is part of what we're born with, but also our journey. So there's a lot of things affecting us. And it's in that document I I mentioned to you before about uh, ever wonder what uh, create your child embark upon. So I touch on that as well. So I look at a lot of things very, very quickly. And that's a, helps me to, if I can use the word diagnose, mm. no, I'm not a doctor. I admit that, but I know what I do. Yeah. So,
0: so coming back to turning on and off, like when we are chatting, do you get sort of downloads from me
1: or, or not because you engage in a conversation? No, I mean, I, my, my focus is on you yeah. and, and, and the people listening to us at the moment. Okay. And, uh, uh, and explaining, I, I guess, uh, who I am and, and how I do work. Um, if I may touch on the UFOs again, because people think seem to think psychics and UFOs and. Please do. Other, I want to learn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, after World War Two, uh, General Douglas MacArthur. I don't you remember him? No, I heard the name. Okay. If you Google him, uh, they said, um, you know, because he's. He was on the um, large ship and the Japanese made their surrender and he said next war will be an interplanetary war, interplanetary.
0: Didn't didn't Uh, Hitler and the Germans have a a, a UFO of sorts
1: or meant to have a UFO? There's a lot of anecdotal evidence on it. And if you look at the Antarctica, they, they actually had a naval base called New Schwab land. Uh, in 1938, if the people out there can Google Dr. Admiral Byrd mm-hmm. uh, sorry, uh, Admiral Bird uh, of the US, they sent a whole navy fleet down there in 1947 to have a look at it. And I'll ask people to look, research it for themselves, make yep. their own conclusions. <laughs> I'll be googling it straight off the score. <laughs> I'm um, intrigued. Uh, Roosevelt, uh, President Roosevelt, uh, yep. they had UFOs flying over Washington, you know, the White House. Eisenhower, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of talk about him meeting the uh, aliens and the Majestic 12. There's Roswell, as we know, immediately after World War II. And uh, if people want to know about someone in in politics who's condoning what I'm saying, uh, uh, who believes in UFOs, they can Google Paul Hellier, He's the ex-Defense Minister of Canada. and And he quoted, he said, they're as real as the planes in the sky. Yeah. so there's a lot of things here i don't want to move on to that subject totally but uh, the fbi of uh, rated ufos as the highest classification even above the atomic bomb crazy so there's a lot there
0: but but here here to me i mean my understanding of the suppression of that information uh in terms is is the technology that c- could stop industry as in terms of coal oil and gas definitely That's, 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 that's the, that's the reason for it, right? Because it could clean up the planet and,
1: and shut down billion dollar industries. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. But I do feel, um, if I may get onto this a little bit, but uh, there's a reason for this COVID-19 virus as well. Talk to me. Um, a lot of people have said, Greg, why, why is this virus hitting the world? What's happening? Um, in my humble opinion, and I'm pleased this is my own personal take on it. If, if we go back to say after World War II, again very quickly, if I may, okay, Clint, is that mm. right with you? Absolutely. Look, for the past seventy years, uh, most of us on the, on the on this planet have been used to what I call the Keynesian model of economics of supply and demand, and everything's been based on that. You know, cars, furniture, you, you know, the whole thing that are, in terms of distribution and and um, and fiscal policy. Consequently, aggregate demand or total spending in the economy has become understood as a standard and predictable model of our way of life. Right now, most of our traditional ways of life, from this perspective, have been radically eroded almost overnight. Uh, the COVID-19 virus has broken into our home, if I can say that to you, however we wanted to find out. Our nation's like a thief in the night. I liken it to a biblical plague. Pretty much is, huh? Clean up the joint. Um, At the same time, it's uh, stolen our sense of security, our jobs, our health, our self, our loved ones, home, normal communication mechanisms that we enjoy that are central to our, our living, such as touching one another, shaking hands, even hugging and the physical and emotional closeness that brings in a genuine supporting way now being blanketed, not only from this virus, but by stringent and necessary government controls we are now learning is called social distancing. So we're being herded back into our homes or our caves. Yeah. So there's a good part and a bad part to that. I think that people are are communicating more and reinventing their life more. So that's, I, I feel, is a great thing. But overriding that I think that what a lot of people are looking for is clarity in their life now, because uh, what we considered as the norm is no longer.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's, uh, that's the beauty of it. it. It's like there is no, not like the, there is no normals gone. I mean, normal as we know it's gone. It's a paradigm
1: shift, Clint. And, yeah. um, what well, what well, what is required now is a restructuring of the economic strategies, business direction, rebranding of products, if I can use from you, you know, rebranding mm-hmm. uh, service deliverables, um, clarity in social pursuits and the maintenance of and the maintenance of personal freedoms, I think they're they, they're central and we need to maintain them. But both appear to be subject to economic and personal hibernation. I feel there's far too much confusion in the media about outcomes and behavioral changes stemming from government representatives and differences in medical opinion, which appear at times to me to be spurious. What, what I find is, uh, is, is definitely true, but a little bit entertaining. And, and please, I, I want to say this in the right manner. When we've got medical officers getting up there with all their education and experience and intelligence telling us how to wash our hands, I think that we need to be told more than that. All right. I, I haven't seen any person um, on any level. Maybe I'm wrong, I, but I'm only going what I've been seeing. I'm, I'm not much for watching television. But I've yet to see anyone in the medical area or person representing uh, the health and well-being of people who get up in front of the media to talk about how we can improve our immune system.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. It's it's the band aid solution instead of fixing the root cause.
1: Yeah, and you know a twelve year old knows how to wash their hands. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, that's why I believe it's a bit spurious because you know if someone's to say, look, um, yes, they say the elderly are at risk. Sure, their immune systems are down. Mm-hmm. So why not tell us how to improve our immune system so we don't have the, as much of a tragic outcome on this virus? To me, yeah. it, it's it's. It's not rocket science.
0: No, I've actually just finished listening to the audiobook book, uh, Grain Brain, which mm. is fascinating, all about, you know, the wheat and yeah, gluten and basically the, the economics behind all the rubbish that we eat. Um, Correct.
1: Well, uh, uh, while I said, there, there are three key issues, Clint, if I can share these with you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number one is ethos. Um, it's the redistribution of taxpayers' money now into more industry and government to co-create a more balanced and homogeneous mixed economies with small scalable outcomes whilst underpinning some structural functional approaches that monitor guaranteed outcomes through new national bodies. So in other words, we, I think we need to be more resilient as nations, having creating infant industries so that we're more independent. And I think we've got a, a classic example of that with this trade talks with China and other things now. Um, and I feel that there's going to be a redefinition of empires. Uh, perhaps we'll have more closeness with India. There's going to be other things happening with America, you know, and look what's happening with the states of Australia, you know, New South Wales, Victoria uh, and everything else. They've all got their own take on how to work with us and, and what to do with us, you know, like, like the borders and uh, social distancing and when we can go out and when we can exercise. This is like a, like, like a, a lot of control. It's, I mean,
0: and, and, and we've got off lightly in quotes here in Australia. A lot, of, a lot of people, you know, I've got a lot of mates in the US and a lot of people still in South Africa where I'm from. I mean, they haven't left their home in
1: six or seven weeks, right? But I mean, you see, socialization or maybe I call it physical isolation is, is detrimental to the immune system and the psychological state of the human. And there's a lot of evidence on that. Um,
0: so, so can I pivot slightly off this? It's, it's related, but but for me we all connected i mean i know i said it to you you know before we came on air what what covid has done for me I and mean, even though we're lucky here in oz to you know go for my surf every day is i have hmm. this this bizarre longing to just walk in a forest and be in nature for like 4 hours and get lost sure. with people i know right and just a got this longing to connect to nature which i'm lucky that i do do on a daily basis but just like fundamentally be connected to everything else. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie avatar, you yes. know, it was, you know, like it's, it's almost that's where I'm at with mind, body soul in terms of just connecting and feeling connected. Do you want to talk about how we are all connected in
1: terms of us being at one with nature and, and spirit? Yes, we are. Look, I, can I say this to you, just getting back to the uh, 20 question uh, in relation to COVID-19. Yeah. We're all connected because we're all spiritual beings having a human existence, all, right? all of us. we all got our path. We all want the same things, Clint. We all want um, to have the basics of, of life. We want to have food. We want to have security. We want to um, have a home. We want to be loved and to love. We want to have children. We want to have pets around us. We enjoy the basics of life. Now, you go anywhere in the world, that is a common denominator. We all drink the same water. We all breathe the same air. Bottom line, we're all human. Yep. So what I'm looking at through this uh, scenario, and to answer your question, I, I feel what I call is the spiritual immune system, and that's for existing modes of operation and and cultures to be more psychologically, socially, physically, spiritually, nutritionally responsible to people, and for us to be more responsible to ourselves around health and well-being. We're all connected because we want the same things. Now, it's how the forces, uh, how they deliver that opportunity to us to, to avail it. Um, I, I think greater communication is important across the world, like podcasts, like what you're running now, I think are, are an excellent idea, and to have the freedom of speech. I think it needs to be maintained and our freedom of movement without being monitored or looked at or... Having any data put down, I, I think that's vitally important because I think there's a lot of that that is maybe encroaching on lives and certain people. Mm. I think a classic point was, um, in, and I think it's in Hong Kong, they're undergoing going that change right now as we speak. So there are all these awareness issues, but I think um, through having the, the uh, positive attitude about life and humanity and for us to be good humans at the end of the day. Now, our actions define us. Oh,
0: I love that.
1: (laughs) Our actions define us. So if we do good things, I mean, you know, politicians can say and do what they want, and to me they're, they're temporary occupants, but we are permanently here for our lifetimes. And I think if we live our life in goodness and do good things purposefully and have that discipline to do that, And that's translated in the food we eat, the exercise that we have, how we connect to our family, children, loved ones, call it what you will. I think harmony and spirituality will happen. Now, greed is not good. Spirituality is important and vital. And it's how we live as humans and and, and show our humanity to one another. Uh, There was a case in point, uh, uh, unfortunately, and... A lot of people lost their jobs. There was one guy in on the news who went down the Centrelink line and gave everybody so much money. Wow, that's awesome. You know, uh, I think if we all uh, showed random acts of kindness to one another, we're creating paradise on this earth. And it is available to us all to do this. Nothing stopping us whatsoever. And that's the power of the individual. And if we all have the same synergy of purpose, with the same intent, everything will be good, all right? So I think there's going to be um, workplace environments are changing as we know now across the board, so people will be working from home, but I think there should be a more greater and sustained awareness in terms of exercise or quality of food, personal relaxation and collaborative caring culture throughout the world is important. There should be further emphasis on empowerment of individuals through new vibrational profiling. Here's my word again, vibrational. This is to do with career, personality traits, and new technologies are, are coming in very soon. Artificial intelligence. We need to be made aware of that and what it's going to do for us and how we can work with that in a responsible way. And I think governments need to be responsible to us. Reminds me of a book called by Arthur Huxley called The Brave New World. There's also the opposition of that book called the uh, 1984, uh, George Orwell, what they call the Orwellian narrative of Big Brother watching us. So there's an element of that we need to be looking at as well. But I think as a species, Clint, we have an enormous, magnificent opportunity right now to manifest all that is good and decent and perennial in life. This plague, as I say, uh, has come and has shaken the tree of everything and everybody in this world. And I think that we've got a, a great opportunity to, to rebuild, to be reborn, and create a new world. We all have that power to do it. And I think this endeavour should result in in a greater workplace productivity. That there'd be greater loyalties. I feel with people, and a harmonious workplace is important because I feel a lot of people uh, at, in, in the industry and in at work uh, have not been treated well, either been underpaid or or have have had um, some negative experiences. And I think all these things need to change now. Yeah. The third point i like to mention is the uh, connecting the mind, spirit, consciousness, and remember what truly really matters to us all is love and, and enjoying a simple, harmonious life in our lifetime. We have these goals. We, have, we will fulfill our dreams and find a new path and how we witness a transformation in our cultures and no longer living under the threat of disease or the hostage to fear. The lessons learned in my opinion. Uh, The third point I'd like to make, Linda, is that given the current anticipated tragic sickness, it's debilitated countless millions through the virus. The world in general has been shocked into new reality and has shaken the foundation of stability. The bottom line is I feel that governments were ill-prepared and we had no contingency, even though I believe that there are scientific reports done and completed to advise governments. Nothing was done about it. Yeah. Why? I feel at some level, uh, all our civilizations were focused on the here and now, like the news. It's the here and now. We talked about Hong Kong. Remember the rights they had in Hong Kong late last year. Yep. The rights they had in France late last year. What happened to them? We're not told. So we're living in the here and now. I think we need to be more cognizant of the landscape of information coming through, largely through the media agendas and television programs or possibly the gatekeeper effect. Um, the real truth in life is something uh, being too disconnected, we need to get back to nature. Uh, I think there should be a sufficient allocation of fiscal resources, which are not focused upon any research and development to this area of disease, it should happen now. So new bodies, and I think if we can imagine what would happen if we had vaccines or other treatment that could be easily made available to the millions who are now living in fear and destitute and dying, and how economies and governments were caught unaware, is a grave issue and demands accountability. Yeah, there was a, there was a docker that got released
0: on Netflix as COVID kind of hit mainstream, called Pandemic, yeah. and. And it was all about, you know, governments cutting funding on vaccines and, you know, the warning signs, as you alluded to, have been there. You know, they're there and it's
1: just, well, I guess we've all learned a hard lesson. Well, I think uh, people need to be, uh, governments need to be transparent. And we need to be ensured that necessary budget programs in terms of training resources allocated to ensure populations are rightly protected in the future. Now, I'll give you an idea. I'll talk about consciousness. We all remember what happened in 9-11, don't we? Yep. That's now, another a... conspiracy theory. Don't get me going on that. All right, mate, I won't start. <laughs> this is going to be called <laughs> the Conspiracy <laughs> Theory Podcast. <laughs> yes. Sorry, but all I'm saying to you is that um, – uh, our consciousness changed because of a tragic event. Now, COVID-19 is another tragic event. I think we need to learn from this. And, you know, talking about um, COVID-19 and talking about vaccines and things like this, look, I'm a firm believer in our own immune system. We've, we were born with an immune system and we have evolved with an immune system to protect us from viruses. I mean, we've had... Um, the swine flu before, we've had um, mad cow disease, we've had SARS, we've had uh, H1N1, Ebola. All through humanity, we've had viruses. We've had the the black plague in Europe about 500 years ago. So we've had these all the time. This is not a new event. Yep. We've also had an immune system. And I think we need to encourage that strength of us to protect it at all levels. you know, uh, personal freedoms are very important as well, but we cannot forget tragedies. We cannot forget yesterday's news. Uh, we had the bushfires in Australia recently, didn't we?
0: Well, well that's yeah, that was the thing, right? And it just uh-huh. like like that, it's gone. It's decades
1: of damage, but it's long forgotten. What happened to the people who lost their homes and their life and their lifeblood? What's happened to them? That's well forgotten, right? Correct, because we're not told. Yeah. This is it. And we're living in today's news. So um, the other thing that's coming in, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to get too much in conspiracy thing, is about electromagnetic radiation. Um, and that's about EMF protection, electromagnetic yep. frequency. And we sell yeah. the nanotechnology, which is scientifically proven based on medical science engineering. And uh, uh, it's it's... Nanotechnology, it's the highest in, in its protection and nullifies the radiation, protects the immune system. And uh, that's what we're on about. So we don't want to protect people. I yep. mean, if the audience can recall when they were a child, how much technology was in their home compared to what is in the home now. Well, that dial-up telephone, you, you will accept yes. my kids, right? That that one. And the black and white TV. Yep. You have a look at a modern home, you've got Wi Fi, computers, mobile phones, smart TV, microwaves, cabling. I've got um, five devices around me right now. Right now, so it all it, it emitting radiation. So um, uh, the World Health Organization, for what I recall, uh, uh, I think it's around 2016, I'm not too sure of the year, it was around that time, saying the people most at risk now are children. Why? Because they're growing up in it. Mm. And when, the children, and when the children go to school, what are they surrounded in? Tech. Computers everywhere. You go to any public service building, any office building, what are you surrounded in? Any school, any medical office. Oh, so, man, my, my 14-year-old daughter, they go to the beach, 10 of them, and they're all on their phones at the beach even. <laughs> it's, and, you know, it's, well, they, they go to sleep with the laptop laying next to them, yep. or a mobile phone uh, next to the touch lamp. <laughs> So this is what what we want to do is protect people. Uh, our products uh, we've got an exclusivity on them now, mm-hmm. and uh, highest awards in Europe. Not only uh, nullify the radiation, but also protect the immune system. And they also provide you with a more positive attitude of life. A, they create positivity, and uh, we've got a whole range from your mobile phone, your laptop, your phone, uh, your your home. And even dog collars, we're selling them too because dogs get affected as well. I'm
0: sure so. I'll put a link in the show notes for everyone so they can have a look at that. Coming back to the connected universe, uh, yes, which is something that fascinates me. Yes. Um, for two, two things. First thing, I was actually watching a doco, me and documentaries, man. I, uh, I was watching a documentary last night on LSD and acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty interesting. It was on Netflix and they... Interviewed a heap of celebrities had had tried you know LSD, which was actually used for PTSD a lot in the '70s from my understanding to help people yes um, you, you know deal with trauma and a constant thread that came through from that documentary was it made people feel that we are connected we're all, we all one you know we're all in this in this universe together. Have you have you looked in? Because I know in the states, you know, LSD research is coming back out again. It's sort of yeah. being granted. Yeah. It's been, I know, mushrooms have been, as I said, legalized yeah. in a few countries. Have you looked in any of these sort of psychedelics in terms of connectivity,
1: or have you stayed away from that? Um, I, I, I'm I'm not a person who takes any mind altering drugs. Yeah, I, I, it's not not my my agenda. I have uh, read into it. As much as I can, um, you're absolutely right about the LSD. Uh, uh, there's a current uh, drug, if I can use that word, it's a combination of plants. It's called ayahuasca uh, or DMT. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, you may know it by that, and uh, it's found in South America, and people are going over there and and tripping on that, and they go to another dimension. They they find that there's a lot of. Um, uh, alien energies around them. There's all sorts of things. They have their own journey with that. Uh, now, the history on that, my understanding, uh, there's an excellent book by uh, John Major Jenkins came out in 1997 called The Mayan Cosmogenesis. And he spoke about the Mayan priest kings, right? And they journeyed by taking drugs and they went through a, a vortex, so which we, we will call today a wormhole. Yep. to another dimension, they came back with more information. So that's connecting to another consciousness or another connection, all right? So that's how they did that. Uh, if you look at the American Indian, uh, they, they do that some sort of a ceremony with that and they connect to their ancestors and things around them. So this is um, a, a common practice, I feel. And if you look at the shamans themselves, Uh, Throughout history probably engaged in some sort of a ritual involving mind-altering drugs or from plants there Or they drank things so it's it's a common practice and it also connects us to other dimensional consciousness So in the LSD I I think uh, has been around the only thing is I'm not too sure of the medical the science I know with any of these things. There's a a great risk of having your mind uh, uh, damaged or your mm-hmm. consciousness damaged by this. So I think it's a very, very, um, you need to be very cautious on that.
0: Yeah, they're saying they're starting, uh, I think it was UCLA, they're starting clinical you know, trials again, yeah. uh, picking it up you know, from the 70s, I think was the last time. Uh, from a US perspective, that trials were actually done on that. Mm. So something else with the connectivity, like, like I, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason, <laughs> um, the universe and all that stuff a lot of people don't believe in that um what's your perspective on the universe and, and 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 stumbling blocks along the way my let me just like like i wouldn't say the stuff that's happened to me but the challenges i've had into my life you know that i've had to deal with is to me molded me and formed me into who i am today and which i'm very happy with and i'd never be that person if i hadn't have gone through that and i wouldn't have the strength to get through that yeah what's your perspective on things happening for a reason. And once again, the universe and being all connected,
1: okay. having like a purpose for us. Look, I, I feel on a on positive side, I, I, let me finish on the COVID-19 please. Oh, Could sure, go a for it. Question. What I'm feeling on, on, a, on a really great and positive thing is the biodiversity of this plant is going to improve. If we look at the uh, uh, pollution levels, uh, look what's happening in the sea. It's been cleared, air's been cleared. And I think these are very valid signs for us as a human species to maintain and value what we have. Venice canals are still the, the favourite one for me, right? A crystal clear now. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of connectedness, this is one way of connecting humanity because we can actually tangibly see it. In terms of universe connection, um, I believe that we, are, we were created to perform magic in our lives. Now, that might sound strange to people, and I'm not talking about pulling rabbits out of the hat here. What I'm talking about is magic can be achieved every day of our lives, and we are magical people. I mentioned before at the beginning of this podcast to you, Clint, how I spoke, uh, sorry, how I saw animals when I was a child. I think if people could just sit down and watch a plant or watch some animals in the backyard for about half an hour, they'll understand the magic that's around us all the time. Just a, just a, a little natural biosphere, you know how an ant can carry maybe a hundred times its body weight. You know how a butterfly can fly and how birds can sing. And I think this is a beautiful thing that we have all around us. And nature has played an incredible part in our lives for centuries, and we're as I said before, I feel we're being more divorced. So this is getting us back to that because people are getting more involved with health, nature and exercise. And that's one way of connecting. In terms of the universal uh, situation, you know, please, I don't know everything. I'm very open. Um, uh, my take on this is uh, you know, I'm also a medium, which means I talk to those who have crossed over. I believe there is a spiritual energy or a spiritual vibrational Plane that surrounds us all, there are other planes of consciousness. Um, If you can imagine um, a web of life or strands of web, you know, the Matrix, remember the movie The Matrix? I love it, yeah. So, if you can imagine that in terms of consciousness throughout the universe, excuse me, we are all connected. it's a strand of life that comes, and when we cross over, I believe that we cross over to another consciousness state. But that's another subject. The uh, astrophysicists are now talking about string theory. In other words, everything string together, right? So it's like our consciousness string together. If you imagine, say, a solar system on on a blue, uh, dark blue water, and all the strands connecting the planets together, and then extrapolate that to other strands other solar systems and these strands are consciousness and energy and we are part of that because, you know, our 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 spirit, when it leaves our body, goes to a to consciousness plane and it's all about that. It's all about oneness and creation. yeah. And it's it's an ever-evolving thing. We are perennial, I believe that, and I think that we are here to serve a, a, a very grand purpose of doing the best we can and achieving what we can do and become self-actualized. What I, what I feel I can do, and I have done for people uh, the last 20 odd years, and I've read for about 80,000 people now, is I like to give them traction, um, give them direction, and, and, and empower people to be the best they can be and understand who they are and what's happened to them and what they can achieve in their life and, and give them that direction, so this is my purpose.
0: Your perspective on manifestation, visualization, putting the thoughts of future self out there mm-hmm. um, or negative self out there, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of manifesting into your life. Uh, what's your mm-hmm.
1: perspective on that? Look, I, in my opinion, uh, uh, I believe our brain is very powerful. Our brain controls our health, it controls our outlook on life. Uh, if we have if we wake up in the morning feeling positive and we're going to achieve things and we maintain that attitude on ourselves and towards people around us, we'll have a longer, healthier, happier life. Now, if we wake up feeling, I can't do this, I hate the world, this is no good for me, I'm not going anywhere, well, you're telling yourself you're going to put yourself in the corner for the rest of your life too. So it's a question of attitude, but it's a lot of people go through a lot of uh, tragic moments in their life, I think we all carry our dark air of our soul at some point in our life. Even the queen's had her Anna Herulibus, hasn't she?
0: Mm.
1: Right? So no one escapes unscathed. but it's not what life does to us. it's what life does for us to to help us to learn and to create and to mold us into better humans. So I think that we are create, uh, we're capable of, of creating so much goodness in our life. and I think part of that is that you know, Uh, as magicians, I I always come back to it, we can create magic in our life. Now, as as a magical person, if you want to co-create with someone who's going to be very good for you, you'll get goodness. If you want to co-create with someone who's bad for you, you're going to get a very negative outcome. Sometimes in life, things are meant to happen so that we know next time who or what we want and who or what we don't want. And sometimes you gotta keep learning that lesson until we learn, right? Well, I think the idea is that you can bless it and let go of it, otherwise you'll build up resentment. Yeah. So it's an idea to let things go because they, they serve their purpose. And when they have done, bless it and move on and have the courage and the positivity and strength within your own convictions to know that you can create a good life. It is available well for everybody. Now it's not what people may not want, but you add a simplicity. You can have priceless magical things happen to your life mm. now i think as millions of people around the world who are suffering and nearly dying or have died unfortunately would trade all that their wealth to have a, their health back yeah yep yep i agree 100 this is why uh, my partner and i don't know i are into bio health healing this is why i'm a healer this is why i'm a psychic and i'm a medium because i can hear I can help people maintain that traction and goodness in their life. Mm. I so, think, yeah, wisdom plays a very important part here as well.
0: So for those, Greg, who are looking to make a shift, right, uh, to make that life-altering pivot as you did when, when you kind of – I mean, this is the time as we've – you know, with COVID, everyone is staring in the mirror – questioning like, who am I and what is the purpose of life? Yeah. Looking back any tips you would give to yourself or to anyone out there listening, you know, in terms of how to, how to take it on, you know, because you, you alluded to fear early on and fear is a huge one for everyone. Yeah, um, What advice tips strategies can you give to people listening who are say, you know, at home with COVID, they in a corporate job that they've realised they hate. They are not in a good space. They want to do something else with their life—a complete 180. Any advice? Any tips? Strategies?
1: Okay. Uh, number one, everyone's different, all right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different corporate jobs out there. Everyone's personalities are different. They're doing work on different levels, yeah, and the different ages of their life. So it depending on the individual. But my advice is uh, there's always opportunities. Um, uh, if we look at uh, a lot of people who have been very, very successful, I think that um, people who are now delivering food are being successful. Mm. Yeah? So we're getting infant industries. I mentioned this to you before. Uh, blossoming. Um, I think you'll find that uh, people who are going to be involved with health are, are going to do very well. People who are looking at... Um, uh, working or creating things online, working from home. So we will work smart, not hard. Mm. There's opportunities for everybody. Now, everyone will have their own opportunities based on who they are. Now, not everyone, including me, I suggest you, would get into fashion, right? <laughs> no, it's not what I'm known for. <laughs> no, me either. So, but if you are a young lady and you had that proclivity of of color and fashion, you'll probably get into it or you may want to do a course, uh, depending on who you were, you might want to do a course in, in natural therapies. Now, one of the largest growing segments are out of all this, and you can look at the stats on it, and this is where most of the taxpayers' money is going to, is the aged care area. Mm. So the aged care people uh, need caring, they need medical people, they need treatment, physiotherapists, nurses, doctors, and approval industries that are going from that. So these are opportunities. So you probably find that counselling uh, would probably come to to uh, the fourth lot of people. So it depends on their own proclivity as to what they want to do, because not everyone will do the same thing. Mm. So what I do, I guide people uh, in in that direction that suits them, because I've had a lot of people come to me, Clint, and they say, "Look, I'm at a job." And then the next question, the next thing I say to me is, "I'll take anything." I said, "No, you won't. <laughs> right?
0: mm.
1: You will not take anything. You'll take what suits you." Yeah, because if you take anything, um, you know, if if I said I'd take anything, and there's a job there as a uh, as a mechanic, I would last five minutes because I'm no good with tools. I, I'm not. I'm an, I'm an academic. You likewise. Or, um... Yeah. So it depends on the individual and their own um, uh, talents, their own uh, gifts, their own uh, experience. Now, a lot of people I know recently have had a paradigm shift in their jobs because unfortunately and tragically they've lost their job. And what I'm suggesting to people, they get some sort of a qualification. Mm -hmm. All right? Um, That will embark them on whatever career they wish to and have and have a career, not a job. Now, a lot of jobs further, uh, unfortunately, will be under threat because we've got, as I mentioned before, artificial intelligence coming in. And I think people need to look at the future of that and where they fit into that. If they don't fit into that, maybe go to some service industry that would suit them as well. Again, everyone's different, you know? People would would want to say, look, I want a secure job. I want this. I want that. Who doesn't? But, you know, I think that we need to be inventive and uh, look at what they believe they would like to do. And as long as they have a qualification, I mean, there's a lot of women doing hairdressing from home now, And they've taken up a course in it. And you know what? They're very happy with it. I, I laughed just
0: now when you said everyone wants a safe job. I think, you know, this paradigm, there is no, you know, that, that those I wouldn't say those days are gone. Right. But it's just like to, to me in terms of a pivot, like my, my biggest fear has come true. Like every, like from my tech business went from a full book of business to nothing. So your worst case scenario is if you, you don't earn, you don't have any money. And I'm I'm living that right now, but I'm because of all the time i've spent with my kids in the ocean i'm probably the happiest i've been in a long time but like mate, i'm not driving around for 5 hours a day you know yeah. shuffling kids i'm surfing with my with my kids for 3 hours every single day you know for sure the government funding's in place to help us but my my worst case scenario has happened and i'm still here and i'm still smiling and 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 that's been an amazing perspective shift for me
1: but Clint, that's priceless Absolutely. That's priceless. And this is magic. You see, people create magic in their life depending on where they are in their life and what they're doing, they can create magic. So a lot of people are benefiting from this now. Um, I'm walking more than I've ever done before. I've lost nine kilos, right? And uh, I'm, I'm eating better food because I realized I've got to improve my immune system. So I'm doing that consciously. So everyone will have their own opportunity to improve. Um, You know, I think um, doing programs on helping people and and identifying and profiling them would would create tremendous results. Mm. And, uh, but the only thing, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're we're going through tumult and change and and in today's environment, as never before, the only thing constant about change now is change itself. Right? Gone are the days where... Um, a man did a trade for fifty years got the golden handshake at 65 and that was it. Uh, I think that what i what I love about the people today and their attitude today is they're flexible they they're, they're open they realize that they need to be inventive and that is creating a far more practical far more forward thinking and enduring population mm-hmm. now out of tragedy comes triumph. All right. Um, it's like the ending of a war and people celebrating. And it will be celebrating soon. And I think if we all pull together and, and governments are good to us and we, we we, reinvent our lives, we can do so much better and be more conscious of what we're doing than ever before. And that's the blessing in it. Yeah.
0: It it yeah, it's I mean, just coming back to my story, I don't know how on it, but it's you know, I'm like, well, if the bank takes my house away it, it's just stuck. so what? It doesn't actually matter anymore. It's, no. it's bizarre, you know, it's, and, and, uh, you know, for me, I would have, it would have been a huge, you know, I guess, dent in the ego and I would have fight, you know, put myself under enormous amounts of stress not to that it happened. But I mean, just, it's like the material stuff for me has just become so irrelevant. I still want to live in a nice house and I'm lucky I live on the beach and I want to maintain that. But if it, if it doesn't go that way for the matter of my health and me being happy with my kids, well, so
1: be it. I don't believe that will happen to you, Clank, because I, I know you. <laughs> All right? Track record's good you. for not happening, but, but no, it's... No, you're, you're an entrepreneur. And you see, again, everyone's got their own journey. So uh, you, you're, you are tenacious, you're intelligent, you, you know what you're doing. But I, I feel if people believe in themselves and, and have the discipline to achieve and the goodness with it, um, they can create anything in their life. And that's being a magician. That's awesome. Okay, Greg, should we start wrapping things up? Sure.
0: So what's, what's next for you? I know you, you've read for 80,000 people, um, <laughs> which is, 80, <laughs> what, what you, what what is, uh, the next,
1: I guess two, three years for Greg look like? Um, awe inspiring. How does that sound? That's well magic. <laughs> it is. Uh, I think, um, I've got a, my, my vision is to see more people, to help more people to go to other levels. I'm writing a book, um, Uh, We've been invited to go to New York. Now, all going well if it's it's open and, uh, you know, regulations permitted, I'll be on stage in New York around November. Brilliant. Um, We've been invited to go to Croatia. They've got uh, an organization and uh, television programs there they would like me to be on. Um, And I'm just doing more than what I'm doing. I I mean, I'm very active and um, I just love love what I'm doing and, you know, just want to help people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what it's about, and absolutely. I think um, that's the highest calling anyone can have.
0: Uh, and I and I, I know on the call I had with you, I'm starting to to realise that through helping people. Right? It's just I don't think you can get anything more rewarding personally.
1: No, I, I think uh, as human beings, you know, I, I think giving is receiving. You know, and um, if we can help change one person's life for the better every day of our life, I think. Um, there, there's nothing better than that, you know. And you know, to have family around you, to to be loved, to you know, to have someone in your life that you can love, and, and all these things are, are, are the are the epiphany of us being created on this planet. Now, mm-hmm. everyone will have their own journey. I know that, and they have it in their own lifetime. I mean, um, I've had people who have had a checkered life all their life, and then they're in their seventies, you know, and a husband and wife who see me and I've had their children, their grandchildren, and they invest all their superannuation to a scheme and they've been ripped off. I mean, you've probably heard of that as well. Mm. So at the end of their lives, they're living their life in a caravan. That's it. Lost everything. They, they can't work to too old and things like that. So I reassure them of what they have achieved in their life. You may live in a caravan now. Who cares? You know what you've done. You know who you are. And I said at the end of your days, you know you've got one another. Yeah. Right. We're only dancing on this planet for a few heartbeats. I think we need to make the best of it and to be grateful what we have. And as an old saying, it's not the amount of breaths we have in our life; it's the amount of life we have in our breaths. Mm. I think we need to live life to the fullest as much as we can, and and to be disciplined with what we do. And uh, you know, we've got our courses online. We we want to help people and working through good people like yourself, Clint. Brilliant. Uh,
0: so people can find you, gregshee.com.au, whatever it is. I'll dot .com? I'll put the link up in the show notes. So everyone can click through to you easily. Uh, I think it's gregshee.com. Hold on. It is .com, I think, yeah. Um, but I'll put the link up, Greg's. Uh, and from a reading perspective, I mean, the one I did with you through Skype. So anyone around the world can reach out to you.
1: Yeah, uh, through Skype. My Skype is gregshee.com. Yep. Or my mobile. I think you've got that, Clint, have you? Cool. I'll put it up on the show notes as well if, you, if you're if you comfortable with that. Yeah, sure. Um, but I'd rather they text me than ring me, mate, so if that's all right. Um, <laughs> I'll put in bold text only. <laughs> and uh, the other link is uh, biohealthhealing.com, so if they can yes. have a look at that. Oh, I'll really jump great. it up as well. So, Greg, just... Thanks so much for your
0: time. And I know you, you're a super, super busy man with all the chaos going on at the moment. You've got people reaching out to you from all over the world. Um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, Greg, you know, as I said, I, I've, I've used Greg's services in lack of a better term to help me and show me guidance. I would strongly recommend um, to anyone to give it a go. It is, even for the skeptics, it's, uh, I, I believe it's such an integral part of a holistic way of looking at your life. Um, so thank you so much, Greg, for your time. Um, any closing thoughts um, just, just in terms of if anyone's struggling and they need help, just,
1: just a, a last comment to wrap things up for us. Certainly. Look, I think of it, there's a lot of people out there, and my heart goes out to everybody. Um, always understand you're never on your own. There's always someone out there who will give you a helping hand. All you have to do is ask. The other thing is believe in yourself and and find that strength you have to get through this and you will, you will survive. And um, sometimes if you have a vision in your mind of what you want to achieve in your life, sometimes it's good to manifest it. Even if you draw it on a, on a page or put a uh, cut out some things on the internet of what you want in your life and watch it manifest for you. All right. Always have faith in yourself. That's what I believe. Brilliant. Greg, thanks so much, cheers. Thanks for your time, Glenn, been great, cheers.